Listener-supported KFUO, the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment on the lighter side. Now, I'd like to welcome back today our special Lenten guest, known in the Bible as the rich young man. Your first encounter with Jesus didn't turn out too well. Uh, You left in sorrow, but apparently you must have returned later because you say you were there when he was crucified? Well, I... I, uh... I, I wouldn't say I, I returned, but but yes, I, I was there. I, I was so close, I could not only see what happened, but I could clearly hear every word he spoke. I remember correctly, if I do, I think you said you wanted to talk about his practical words this week? Yeah, uh, that's correct. Uh, but, but before I do, I, I, I'd like to make one point. Okay, go ahead. Well, we, we tend to think of the spiritual and the earthly parts of our life as two totally separate entities. Uh, Jesus, on the other hand, in his words, often mixed these things together. Can you give us an example? Well, well I certainly can. Uh, consider the Lord's Prayer. It contains the most beautiful of spiritual petitions for the name and the kingdom and the will of God, for deliverance from temptation, But smack dab in the middle of all uh, this is the most practical and earthly of all petitions. Give us this day our daily bread. It certainly is practical. This is a simple phrase, includes everything that has to do with the support and need of our body. I gather you are suggesting that this is also true of Jesus' words on the cross. Uh, precisely. Uh, while his words speak of powerful spiritual truths, as we heard last week, Father, forgive them. He also speaks to a variety of practical concerns. Okay, can you give us an example of what you mean? Well, let's start with the simplest of phrases, one recorded only by the Apostle John, I thirst. You know, I've always wondered about that phrase myself. Why did Jesus say that? Oh, well, the why is simple. If you knew what I knew, you would understand completely why he spoke such words. The beating of the sun upon your face, the the hours of agonizing pain, the sweat dripping off of you, the, the difficulty of even taking one more breath. All this leaves a man parched. He said what he said because... He was thirsty. Okay, let me rephrase my question, though. I I see what you mean. This is a very practical word. Jesus said, I thirst, because he was experiencing in very intense fashion what all of us have experienced at one time or another. But my question is this. The Apostle John reminds us there were many things Jesus did that are not recorded in his gospel. So why did John feel we needed to hear this particular word. Let's put it another way, okay? Why did the Holy Spirit inspire John to record these words, I thirst? I I think there are several answers to that question. Uh, The first can be found by reading what the Apostle John says about the phrase himself. I have the passage right here in front of me. Here's what John says in chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, and this is to fulfill the scripture, said, I thirst. Yeah, yeah see, to fulfill the scripture. Uh, the simplest answer is so we would know, as John says, the scriptures must be fulfilled. The word of God had spoken, and, and the word must be fulfilled. I know what you're talking about. My Bible notes these words were prophesied all the way back in Psalm 69, verse 21. For my thirst, they gave me sour wine to drink. And so that's my first point. We need to know that whatever God says, 
That's what happens. As Jesus himself told us, the scriptures must be fulfilled. It was spoken in Psalm 69, and therefore Jesus spoke it. This is especially important to know when God speaks a word to you, however. Believe me, I know how important it is. What do you mean? Well, well as I've said, I, I don't want to talk about myself, but, but let me give you a general example. Uh, Jesus spoke the word about baptism, didn't he? He commanded baptism, and he also says powerful things happen to us when we are baptized. Like what? He, he says we're saved, our, our sins are forgiven, we receive the Holy Spirit, we, we are born again. Okay, I, I see we can believe these things. We can believe they're true for us because whatever Jesus says, whatever the Word of God says, that's what happens. Precisely. The Scriptures must be fulfilled. You said that there were several reasons Jesus said, I thirst. We know he said it because he was thirsty. We know he said those words to fulfill Scripture. Is there another reason he spoke those words? Well, yes, I, I think there is. He said them uh, to remind us of a very important truth about himself. What was that? Well, we know Jesus is true God, although, of course, I didn't know that at the beginning. <laughs> the first time we met, I called him a good man. Jesus reminded me only God is good. Thankfully, something happened later to convince me Jesus was not only a good man, but also a good God. It is important to know Jesus is truly God. But, you know, it's likewise important to know he's truly human. I get it. We come to recognize that by his very human words on the cross, I thirst. But why is his humanity on the cross so important to us? No one would doubt that a God could die, rise again, and ascend into heaven. But, you know, Gary, the, the practical and personal question we wrestle with, you and I, is whether a man, a human, can die and be taken up into paradise. That's the question we want answered. And that's why it's important for us to know it was Jesus, the man who died and lived. So we know that as humans, we can also die and live. I'm not a theologian myself, but I've heard the theologians say, whatever God becomes is what God saves. Which is why it's very important God became human, because it shows us that we are the ones he came to save are there any other practical things that Jesus spoke from the cross? Well, well, yes, there is one other very practical thing Jesus did. It was the words he spoke to John and his mother. Oh, what you're referring to is also recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Now, you can't get any more practical than that. Here, Jesus is accomplishing the great spiritual blessing of forgiveness for the whole world, giving his life as a ransom for many. And yet, at the same time, he was still concerned about the daily practical needs of his mother. Likewise, when we pray, deliver us from evil, we should remember Jesus not only delivers us from the big things like sin, death, and the devil, but also the myriad of practical earthly struggles we face every day. Okay, I don't want to get off track, but that reminds me of one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy, when Moses reviews the days when the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, he comments that their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet swell. So, I think it's amazing we have a God who is concerned for our swollen feet. <laughs> that is a good point. Although we must remember that the spiritual needs are God's priority, 
Sometimes we must be disciplined by the pains of this earthly life so we do not lose the blessings of the eternal life. Oh, and as Jesus said, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his life? So true. Uh, which reminds me of a theory I, I would like to share with you in closing. It has to do with the, the first practical word we talked about. I thirst. Yes. You know, at the very beginning, they had offered Jesus something to drink. Wine mixed with myrrh. But he had refused to drink it then. Now, why do you think? Why, why did he change his mind later and, and then take a drink? Well, maybe it's like what you said, because later he was thirsty. But several pastors have told me there was a mixture there of uh, something, and it was kind of like an anesthetic. They theorized that Jesus declined to drink at first in order to take on the full blast of sins and the punishment. He would lessen that suffering for sins if if he had anything. He didn't want to lessen that. So only later, as John said, all was now finished, did he drink. Now, I don't mean to disagree. That, that could very well be true. But I do have another thought. You see, Gary, he had practical things, didn't he? Practical things he needed to accomplish on the cross that day. He had people to love and care for. He couldn't afford to be drugged. For example, he needed clarity of mind to give the care of his mother into the hands of his disciple. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. I just thought of another example. He had to be alert so he could bring comfort to the thief who hung on the cross next to him. Sir? Hello? Hello, are you there? Oh, I, oh. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I'm, 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 I'm here. Whew. I thought for a second that we got cut off. No, no, I... I was just reflecting on what you said. Those were powerful words he spoke to the thief. You're right. It would have been no good if he'd been drugged. You know, it was important for him to be alert not only for Mary and the thief, but for us as well. These words of his are a gift of love to all of us. Yes, they are. And we have even more important words to talk about in the future. But you know, that is so typical of Jesus, isn't it? A willingness to suffer in order that we might be blessed. Yes, it is. And what are the words you plan to talk about next week? Well, I, I, I think we'll discuss the most difficult of all the words Jesus spoke from the cross. Scholars debate their meaning. Words so important, the Holy Spirit gives us the very Aramaic he spoke. The phrase we will consider next week is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Well, it's been uh, nice to have you again with us today, sir, and I look forward to uh, spending next week with you as well. Until then, blessings. Blessings. We are the Messenger of Good News worldwide at KFUO.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, our talk programs, including this segment, wherever you get your podcast.